Hey, what's up, guys? This is the CFB Dynasty Podcast. Brian McElfresh here with Zach Todd. Zach, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just getting over the flu, but uh, enjoying the nice weather down. Made my first beach trip in, here in Florida last weekend, uh, so that's been nice. Not me. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it was 72 degrees the other day, but it's been raining all week, but it was 72 degrees. Today, I think it's 34 and it's still raining, but it's like complete chaos with the weather right now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I'm not that far from you. That's the crazy part. Yeah, not too far, but you guys get snow and stuff. Yeah, you, you, I'm surprised you know that word. <laughs> um, all right, so today we're talking about the top 500 receivers Um since 1980 so we went back and we collected data for uh all receivers every single year um from the current year back to 1980 and then we did some formulas to create uh fantasy points per game and total fantasy points um so the list that we have on the website will be live uh very shortly or by the time you're listening you know it might be live by then um so you'll see there's a little there's some parameters there um minimum of eight games played and we have them ranked by fantasy points per game um, because obviously there's a huge gap in games played um on some of those guys um covid year really kind of throws a wrench into all of it doesn't it (laughs) it does does. (laughs) um and another thing to note is this is all pass catchers. So you'll see some tight ends in there, which is freaking amazing. You you know, we talked about James Casey from his rice days, like just a notable, notable fantasy college fantasy football tight end, which yeah, maybe Brock Bowers is going to be uh, for a few years in Georgia. Who does that? Oh, who did man. everything? He ran another the ball. Bowers reference. Yeah. He ran the ball just like Bowers. Uh, but, you know, Casey, he was legit. I think he's uh, 39th all time on this list. It's insane. Tight end. Wow. Uh, Kyle Pitts is on the list. There are others. But um, like going, great through this, going through this list, there's a lot of these receivers I, I had on my teams that definitely – they didn't win me the league. They got me pretty deep into the playoffs. When did you start in uh, college fantasy? Uh, technically about 07. Same for me, yeah. 7, 08. Um, really all FBS, probably 09. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's about since Was then. it like a redraft standard league? Yeah. So yeah. my, oh, when I first started, it was a bunch of, bunch of friends. They, they like college football, but they weren't into the fantasy. So I created all the spreadsheets, did all of it. As a matter of fact, I, I won't post it here because it's probably embarrassing. And there's probably some some team names that are not politically correct. So I'm going <laughs> to – I won't direct people there. But the, the site's still out there. It was like a, it was like a free, you know, like YOLO, whatever those sites are, like that you can just host a free web page. <laughs> I think it's still out there. At least it was like a few months ago I checked. But like all of the documents are still there. And I'll show you to you after we do this. But you can see all the spreadsheets. Like I had everybody's spreadsheets. to put all the stats in. I had the formulas to where it would calculate the fantasy points. Did all that. But it was only P5. And I wanted to do all FBS. 
So I told, I said, guys, can we at least agree on like a handful of teams to be able to use that aren't in the power five? Cause I wanted a Boise state team in. That's what I wanted. Of course. But I was like, <laughs> well, I don't want to just make it not me. I want to add some other teams that are relevant. So we had like Utah, TCU, BYU, Boise, like Memphis was in there. Cause we're, it's a local team. So everybody was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. And we did that. But, um, then we went to the CBS. I think it was the first CBS Sports was the first like site that did fan, college fantasy. I started around the same time, and I remember my first pick because it was a receiver, and it's a receiver that's on our list that we're talking about today mm-hmm. a few times. Um, and obviously, he played for my uh, my hometown team here, uh, Percy Harvin. <laughs> I had so to be Percy, I knew it, it was had Percy. Percy. And then I drafted uh, Matt Stafford right after that. And it was a, we called it a dynasty league. So uh, what people call Debbie, C to C, whatever. Um, so I've still got them on my Rams team from our original draft back then. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, that's a fun, fun, um, fun league that we've kept going all these that's years. Cool. But uh, I wish I could have kept that one together, but just people lost interest and I was way more into it than they were. <laughs> Like I was doing all the work and I was like loving every second of it. I, like, I remember when I first started in like NFL fantasy football, um, you know, getting rides to school with my dad, like as a freshman in high school, getting the uh, USA Today because we use, that was our newspaper that we used to calculate the fantasy stats. And it was all <laughs> written out on these uh, school right. cards and stuff before the websites did it all for us. But good times um all right so um yeah i guess let's start with the the again the argument that's not my favorite the wide receiver you kind of thing it's uh something that every school claims of course but for our purposes here we let the data do the talking and of the 500 players that are ranked which school has the most and the ones there at nine and ten you know tied with eight entries on our list um are a little bit surprising louisiana tech not as much but wyoming i was surprised to see them on the top 10 uh schools represented here on our top 500 list that is pretty interesting i'm like i'm I'm trying to think of who would be in that um list right and like I, so I searched Wyoming in the in the thing, and I'm like, okay, the only one that I remember was Tanner Gentry, yep. And the other ones, I don't I don't remember any of them. Yep. Obviously, like or mid mid to late '90s, yep. early '90s, like all through the '90s, basically yep. they were just stacked. But um, yeah, Louisiana like Louisiana Tech, um... Louisiana Tech. You understand it if you see the list. You're like, well, we'll get to that. But uh, (laughs) but but even still, though, like taking that out of uh, out of play, like you think of Louisiana Tech offenses in the last ten years, right? Like they've been pretty high octane offenses for the most part, playing in the WAC or playing in the Conference USA. Like they've got the competition isn't really there to stop them. So (laughs) right. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. Um, number eight tied. Actually, this is a quite interesting tie at 11 with Oklahoma State and Western Michigan. 
both with 11 players in the list. Um, Oklahoma State, like I can already tell you probably three or four of those guys off the top of my head. But the Western Michigan, I'm like, – Greg Jennings. Like, right. like you remember Greg Jennings, but I, I wasn't playing college fantasy then, so you don't really look at it in the, the context of – fantasy but then you think oh yeah Corey davis duh <laughs> right i had him on my teams and he's on this list three times yep like you know kind of go off on a tangent here for a second like they drafted him the titans did with the what fifth pick in the draft correct yeah like people were talking about like oh they they wasted that pick on him like yeah in hindsight you can say that but at the time like you you look at these numbers, they needed a wide receiver, right? They just they had just drafted um, Mariota. Yep. So they needed a wide receiver, and they had the fifth pick in the draft. It, it, it would be almost like the Bengals not taking Jamar Chase, right? Like, I'm not comparing Davis to Chase, but it's the same. That, that, that's how the, the, the draft community viewed Corey Davis. Like, he was the best receiver in the draft. You know, we'll get him. He's going to be a superstar. Didn't turn out that way. Makes you wonder if he had gone to another team. Maybe he could have been. Who knows? Whole different discussion. Yeah, you never know if he goes to a different team. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. He's he's not he's not what you would want out of a, a top five receiver. Yeah, I mean, I Greg mean, if, if he was drafted, you know, twenty picks later, fine. Yeah, end of the first round, right? right. Like. It's not too bad, but you look at this like Greg Jennings three three times on the list. Um, Sky Moore, who was on my team, well, I traded him near the end of the year to get some some future draft capital and whatnot. <laughs> but but I definitely got a lot out of him. Um, he's number two sixty eight on the list. Um, Daniel Braverman, oh my gosh, I remember him. He was like so surprisingly good. Yes. Hundred and some catches, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, so obviously that's Western Michigan, um, Oklahoma State. You got, I remember Rashawn Woods. I'll never forget this till the day I die. Rashawn Woods caught seven touchdowns in one game. Why? Why I remember that, I don't know, but he did. Uh, I'm assuming it's in that year of 2002. Yeah, Um, 17 touchdowns. That he. He caught yeah, he caught seventeen. He caught seven in one game. Holy cow! Right, and I honestly don't know why I remember that because it was before my fantasy days. So, Rashawn Woods in how many times is he on this list? Three. Yeah, he's on the list three times. Forty first, two hundred third, <laughs> and four hundred fourth. So could have been any of those years. Goodness, but I think, and I want to say it was like the first game of the season. For some reason, I remember it like it was – it probably wasn't. But it, I know it was seven touchdowns because so I thought, like, goodness gracious, that'd be crazy if you had him on a fantasy team. Right. <laughs> uh, next on the list with uh, – there's a tie for 12 touchdowns between USC and Florida. Um, Florida, so they – If you didn't have the list, if you didn't have the list, could you have named oh, all easy, the players totally. on the list? Okay. Absolutely. I know you're a Florida guy, so I, I figure maybe. No doubt. I um, no doubt. But yeah, Jacquez Green. Um, so I grew up in the the fun and gun Steve Spurrier era, mm-hmm. and um, 
Yeah, Rache Caldwell, Kadarius Tony makes the list. Uh, Jabbar Gaffney catching passes from uh, Rex Grossman. Um, I Killyard, who's the receiver oh, coach I... at Auburn. Really? Uh, yep. I did not know that. Um, I think that Chris, happened. Chris would probably be ashamed of me. He knows he's the Auburn guy. <laughs> I think that might have happened today or yesterday. So don't be oh, okay. up. Um Chris Doring. Uh, now on SEC Network, Jabbar Gaffney again, Percy Harvin, and Kyle Pitts, 143rd best season. Um, a little bit above him, not a lot of people would know, but Travis McGriff. Um, and then Percy Harvin also came in at 81st. Well, the best. it's interesting. It's interesting you say that. Kyle yep. Pitts, like, I think it, it, it's of note that it was only an eight-game season. Yep, true. I, I think, not to take away from what he did in the eight games, but yeah. – like when you start looking comparing his numbers to other guys, you're like, well, hey, we had <laughs> 770 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like that's not – I mean, it's great. It's good. Yeah. But it's really top 100 – top what was it, 143? Top 150 all time. But when you break it down per game, it is. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is it's it is tough to season, see. Man. But, yeah, 12 touchdowns in eight games. Hey. Yeah, you um, can't complain with that. For a tight end, too. Yeah, no, that's great. Exactly. And then just edging out Percy's 2007 season was Redell Anthony um, in 96 when Florida won their first title. Um, catching balls from Danny Werfel. Um, USC. All right, so I'm going to – I haven't typed it in. I haven't even looked nope. at USC. I'm, can I name? Let's do it. All right, so I'm going to say Marquise Lee is on the list. Robert Woods Marquis Lee's number one in USC, fortieth. Yeah. Okay, Robert Woods. Assuming he's on the list. He is on the list, number seventy-six. Yeah. Okay, let me think. Um, Pittman on the list. He did make the list. Okay. Let me think. Who else? As far as USC, London. Did he make the list? He did. Yep. He's second best USC receiver in fantasy points per game. I'm going to try to go deeper here. Keyshawn Johnson. Is he on the oh, list? Oh, he's on the list twice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how many is that? Was that six? <laughs> I got six more. Oh, um, I know there's people I'm like, how, how do you not know this? I'm like, well, oh. some of those are on the list twice. So you only have okay. a few more to go here. Okay. So uh, I know I'm missing a big one. But all right. Tell me who the rest of them are. Mike Williams is on the list oh. twice. Dwayne Jarrett and uh, Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. The the Dwayne Jarrett one, I don't think I would have – I remember him, but I don't think I would have gotten it. The the, uh, Mike Williams one. That's the one – he's the guy who declared – he was like one of the first like redshirt sophomores to declare for the draft, right? Mm -hmm. And then he got to the NFL and got real beefy. (laughs) Yeah. Like he became almost a tight end. That's how big he got. He's kind of like Zion in the NBA. You know, he got so big that, like, you don't even recognize him anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a different guy. But I'm pretty sure that was the same guy. Sorry to go off on that. but That's all good. So the next team is also tied with Florida and USC with 12 receivers on the list. Houston, can you name one of them without looking? I'm going to say – Dell from last year. <laughs> He's number 500. <laughs> he just barely made the <laughs> He's list. He's the last one on the list. Yeah. Oh, so he barely made the list. Oh, <laughs> um, I feel like that. Yeah, you got it. 
I should have one, but I for some reason don't. There's not a lot super recently. Um, the the best Houston receiver ever or our season was Manny Hazard. Maybe we'll have to ask Andre Ware who who that is and tell him no, to introduce Patrick us Edwards, a little bit. Nineteen eighty nine. I should have gotten Patrick Edwards. Wow, a guy I didn't. I, I tell him just now. I remember him now. Deontay Greenberry. Yep. I remember him. Think like he transferred. No, 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 no. He went to Houston from the start, didn't he? I thought he transferred from USC, but I could be wrong. For some reason, I felt like maybe he did transfer. For some reason, I felt like he went to Houston. It was like an outlier recruit. Like why he? Yeah, it might be. It might be that he was like a four star there, and it was like he's the best player they've gotten like ever. (laughs) (laughs) But um, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not going to look up and see if that's right or not. But anyway. yeah, no, he, he shockingly shunned Notre Dame for Houston on signing day. Back yeah. when signing day was awesome was and cool. worthy of having a call out sick day. <laughs> so Patrick Edwards, I remember Manny Hazard. I don't. He's the the second great greatest season ever. By the way, Wild. we'll get to those numbers when we get to the. The yeah. list, so the so. next the next school with one more than those three, Nevada, has the third, fourth, sixteenth, and twenty second seasons. Um, and really, the top of those, the top like seven of those. I mean, I guess Nate Burleson, you would remember, but yep. the rest of them, you're probably not going to unless you <laughs> you were playing fantasy in the '90s, college fantasy <laughs> in the '90s, which. Right. Um, Dubs. Honestly, he's the only one. Richard Matthews, that yep. three twenty-five. Like everyone else is a guy I've never heard of. Jeff Noisy. <laughs> right. He's on this list twice, from nineteen ninety-six and nineteen ninety-eight. Wow. Noisy had a top one hundred season with an eleven games, had ninety-eight catches for fourteen hundred and thirty-five yards. Nine touchdowns. <laughs> what? And then they have the crazy part about it is they have two of the top four spots. It's nuts. That's, and I've never heard of either one of them. Well, <laughs> Inslee, I've heard of, but I don't remember any of that. And then we've got two tied at the top for our our wide receiver you for this list, Hawaii and Texas Tech. Um, Hawaii is nuts, and I'm sure when we pull up Tech in a second, they will be too. But they've got like 2010. They had the number 63 overall and 207 from the same year. Um, They've got multiple years like that where they've got two players on this list. Um, Yeah. It's crazy because – that was I remember those years like the 07, 08, 09, that that Colt Brennan, June Jones run and shoot was in full effect. Yep. Sorry if you can hear my dogs barking right now. Um, when so, was Timmy Chang there? Was that earlier? It was that right was before Brennan. Four oh five? No, oh three. It might have been like oh three. It was early. I think it was early two thousands. Yeah. So he would have been there with like, um. Grice Mullen, maybe. 
anyway, Devon Bess, like I remember those days because that was the time when they were in the whack with Boise, right? They were, they were oh, my damn dogs. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, but no, the there's all these receivers: Devon Bess, um, Greg Salas, uh, Grice Mullen, John Ursua, uh, Ashley Lalee is like the outlier to me because he's the, he was only on here once, and he's the best Hawaii season ever. Yep. <laughs> And he's a guy that you like. If you asked some random, like the casual person, like, do you remember Ashley Lee? Probably not, right? <laughs> and then if you ask him, okay, you told him he had seventeen hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns. Where did he go to school? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not going to say he went to Hawaii. You're just right. not. It's just uh, interesting. So on Texas Tech, you'll see some of our like. You know, obviously, Percy Harvin was one that was just over the 50% mark on percentage of fantasy production coming from receiving versus rushing the ball. There's a couple here on this list. Well, it's the same guy, Torian Henderson for Texas Tech, had 78 uh, catches and six receiving touchdowns. But then he also ran for 700 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's on here a couple of times and uh, Wes Wilker on the mm. list for Texas tech from 2003. Yeah. From 2000. He, he barely made the list though. Yeah. Jonathan Giles. I remember him killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Crabtree. Oh yeah. Crabtree. Yep. Crabtree. Yeah. That crap, that 2007 season, that was, that was, well, probably the most that I remember, the most spectacular receiving season I remember. Like, I think a lot of it was due to the fact that they threw it all the time. But I remember that season. Like, every week, it just felt like they can't stop this guy. <laughs> he is absolutely tearing them apart. Now, Texas Tech couldn't stop anybody either. But Crabtree was doing his thing. So that's what I remember. But I guess now we can go down like the just the list and talk about. Yeah. So as you guys come to the to the site, cfbdynasty.com and navigate over to this page and we'll link to it from YouTube and we'll link to it from, um, you know, multiple other places. You can search through the list. There's a search box on the left where you can search by team or by stats or by name however you want to search and uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if you want to see the data any differently, but um, yeah, some of the names that um, bring back memories, good and bad are on the list. Like uh, I see 86 Peter Warwick was a, was a killer uh, Uh, back in the height of the Florida, Florida state. Yeah series but yeah work was uh incredible incredible player to watch Absolutely. you remember any of those did you watch any uh any of those florida florida state games you know like i wasn't in all fairness it's actually kind of crazy that i'm even into college fantasy the way i am because i didn't grow up watching college football it was never a priority in my household um i grew up as an nfl kid I, my dad was a Denver Broncos fan. 
you know, my mom liked the 49ers. Like it was just the NFL was all that mattered. So as I got older, like I kind of fell in love with college football, mainly because of the high flying offenses. It's just faster paced. It was just, you know, a little more chaotic, I think. Um, but I remember Peter Warwick because I collected football cards and I have a Peter Warwick rookie card. I know exactly where it is. Um, it's in the Florida state, um, uniform and everything. So like, I do remember Peter Warwick cause he went to the Bengals, right? Yep. He did. Exactly. So with Akili Smith, right. Quarterback. That, that might uh, that's, maybe I can't it's either, quite it was either him or Jeff Blake, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like my NFL ties, like I know who those teams had at that time, but um, yep. yeah, I know he was a machine. Here's a guy who was a machine in the NFL was on this list a few times from his days at NC state, Tory Holt. Ooh. Yeah, buddy. Tory Holt. Um, he ironically, so he played with the Rams, obviously everybody knows that, but he played with Isaac Bruce. I'm assuming he's on this list. Is he on this list? Ooh. He may not be. He went to Memphis, which is a local guy here. Um, he may not be on the list because I don't think Memphis was ever. He any is good. on the list. His oh. 1993 season ranked 411th all time, thousand yards, 10 touchdowns, 18 fantasy points a game. That's really cool. He's on the list because I just kind of threw him out there. Because when I think Tory Holt, I think the Rams, but I think Isaac Bruce. It was Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, um, Kurt Warner, like that that season, that team. Um, but yeah, he went to Memphis, and uh, a lot of people don't know that because I bet you that's their only. Well, no, it's not. They probably got some of the newer guys, but anybody like from a long ago, he's probably the best one by far. I'll tell you one of the the passing teams that I really did a good job cashing in on, or maybe I got lucky, um, was those West Virginia passing offenses with Tavon Austin. He's on the list a couple times. Uh, Stedman Bailey made it yeah. once, and uh, you know David Sills. You know a few years later, is on the list twice. Actually, Stedman Bailey's on the list twice too. Oh yeah, that, those teams were incredible. Um, 25 I, touchdowns for Stedman Bailey in 2012. Insane. That's and the same year, Tave. Okay, hold on. This is nuts. So yeah, they were insane. 15th all time is that Stedman Bailey season. Same year, Tavon Austin had the 28th best season. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the Pat White season? Quarterback? Had to have been, yeah. 1,289 receiving yards for Austin, 12 touchdowns, 600 rushing yards, and three more Dude, touchdowns. They were a juggernaut yep. fantasy-wise. Yep. And then 2011, it was those same two guys, and they're both on well, the list. They were – that might have been the year they got up to, like, number two or three in the BCS. They were up there. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I think they lost – I think they lost to Pitt. Don't why don't ask me why I know this. I I think they lost to Pitt, and then they played in the Orange Bowl that year. Don't hold me to that. I can see it, but I think they Pitt was like the other backyard brawl, right? Like, so they played it's that. Not, it sounds right. I'll look it up here in a sec. I'm but not, um, I'm I, 
2012. So I am one of those guys in fantasy where I really most times dislike having two players on the same team. Like in the NFL, I had Chase from my dynasty team when he got drafted to the Bengals. I had already had T. Higgins. And I was like, ah, oh, I didn't want to have them both on the Bengals. So I traded T. Higgins. Um, so stop. Hold on a second. So yep. my apologies. It wasn't that team. They had Geno Smith. Geno. Uh, but go back a little bit farther, like probably late 2000s, it's like 06, 07, 08, 08, right in there. That's when they had Pat White. What receivers on the list there? I'm not looking at it. So, And was that the – Noel Devine years, Noel Devine and Pat White. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. But yeah, so Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey, if you had them both on your fantasy team, it was 28 and a half and 26 fantasy points a game. Um, Insane. But that's wild. So trying to look. Yeah. David Sills. Remember that? Dude. Yeah. (laughs) Insane. Uh, 18 touchdowns. Where machine. I'm not looking it up is Ryan Tannehill on this list because <laughs> he was a wide receiver at AM. Yeah, my uh, that's a great question. Um, no, he may not be, he's not, huh? All right, well, never mind. Well, it started a fight in my uh, my fantasy league with Tannehill because people were playing him as a receiver because oh, he, yeah. he switched over to quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm actually – I'll tell you the one thing I'm very surprised about on this list. There's one player from Boise State on this list. That is surprising. One occurrence. With all the great receivers that we've seen from there in the last 10, 12 years, right? You had, remember, Titus Young. You had Austin Pettis. You had Thomas Spurbeck, who's the only one on the list. Matt Miller, who had three or four fantastic seasons. And they weren't good enough to be on this list. But Thomas Spurbeck was. <laughs> and I think it's mainly because of sheer receptions, like 88 for 1,408 touchdowns. Because I yep. think what hurts all of those guys is they spread the ball around so much that the touchdowns didn't come. Like eight wasn't enough to get you. Like if you had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, that's not enough to be on this list. You had to have something absurd in yards or receptions to even get on here, unless you had like 13, 14, 15 touchdowns or 25, whatever Stedman Bailey had, whatever that did. <laughs> right. I'm surprised Julio's not on the list a little bit. I know they were more of a running offense in 2000. That is true. Whatever. I guarantee you, as far as like pure talent, like all of those Alabama receivers, right, that are on this list, you had Smith, Cooper, Jamison Williams, another Devontae Smith. So if you were to take Devontae Smith, Amari Cooper, Jamison Williams, and Julio Jones, and they were all lined up and you were needing a wide receiver to draft, and they were all at the like they were all coming out of college, which one are you taking? And you need a wide receiver. Which one of those are you taking? Oh, Julio, obviously. The, yeah. You have, you have the benefit of knowing how Julio's career has panned out, how he has performed in the league. You haven't seen really Devontae Smith really yet. Um, 
and it was his rookie year, you know, you saw that. But Jamison Williams, we've yet to see in the NFL. Yeah, Devonta Smith's best season, he averaged just under 30 points a game in fantasy. Uh, I thought that season was absurd. Yeah. That was absurd, but didn't, well. And this is a half point PPR, by the way. So 117 receptions, it would be quite a lot more points if you were at one point. Yeah, I mean, I guess ninth ninth is still pretty. Ninth all time, yeah, it's pretty good. good. Um, (laughs) But you think about like Amari Cooper. He had 1,700 yards and he's 62nd on the list. (laughs) And yeah. 16 touchdowns. Like that season. In 14 it, games. Right. That season statistically stacks up with any of the best wide receiver seasons you've ever seen. Yeah. And that was a year where they were – Alabama was transitioning. They they had been that run heavy. We're going to you know play great defense. We're going to run the ball, hit you with a deep play action pass. That's how we were going to beat you, right? Yep. But then they got Amari Cooper and said, okay, now we have a talent at wide receiver. We need to get this guy the ball. And I'll Alabama fans are going to come for my throat. I can already hear them. It's going to be stupid to say. He's got 124 catches. I don't think he has great hands. (laughs) He's a body catcher, which is fine. But he catches a lot of passes up against his body. I feel like a lot of his yards were after the catch, which is again fine. Um, and that's a lot of the Alabama receivers, like Jamison Williams. How many of those fifteen hundred yards do you think were after the catch? <laughs> Probably eighty percent of them, right? Potentially, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody with Devontae Smith, they'd hit those screens, those quick screens, and then they'd run for sixty yards. Yep. Um, not taking anything away from these guys. They're incredible talents, but my little my little piece on Amari Cooper, I had to argue with somebody. <laughs> They're Cowboys fans, so they were a little more partial to him than maybe they should be. Right. But like Amari Cooper's Amari Cooper's greatest asset is what? It's not his hands. Oh yeah. It's his route his running. Yep. It's his route running ability. He He's gets such a good route runner. He is probably probably one of the best route runners I've ever seen. If you watch a guy just get open, Amari Cooper, I, I, name me somebody that's better. Because I don't know that you can. Like, somebody on par with, but better, I don't know that you can. Maybe today, but when yeah. he came out of college, right. no, nobody could get open better than Amari Cooper. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, I'm sure there's some names that will pop into my I'm head. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's Say, up there. You could even probably look at uh, Julio Jones, like, but he got open so much differently. Like, he wasn't as quick as Amari Cooper. Julio Jones was just a monster. And they had. uh, You couldn't jam Julio Jones because he was so strong, so big that if you jammed him, he just shrugged you off and he got open. Cooper, his feet were so quick that he would just get open with just sheer quickness and and sharpness with his footwork. Totally, and one of the best weapons they had back in the 2008s and whatnot when Julio was there was Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson and the play-action pass. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Jamar Chase, he came in his 2019 season. He came in at number 49. That's wild. I know. I thought it would be better. 
Yeah. But and, and what's crazy about him is like I, I put that season in my mind, and maybe it's recency bias, but I put that season up there with the Devontae Smith season. Really? That finished that finished ninth. But I, but then you have Justin Jefferson who led the team in catches that year, 111 catches, fifteen hundred yeah. more yards, eighteen oh, man, touchdowns. Catches, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and, and it's funny that this is a whole different discussion. But Andrew has, has made this point to me, and he said, Joe Brady, did he just luck into having Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, and Terrence Marshall also, on the same team and leverage that into an NFL offensive coordinator position, which didn't seem to work out, which I know it's two different levels of football, but how much – and this is a, it could be a whole different podcast, but how much do you think that your the talent on your team dictates how good of a coach you are? Oh well, let me tell you. Let me tell you <laughs> uh, my perspective uh, from my Florida bias. When we rightfully and thankfully fired McElwain, Jamar Chase and Matt Corral were the two that were coming to Florida, along with Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. Matt McElwain would have looked like a lot better coach than he was if uh, yeah. if they kept him around for another year. Well, it's funny you say that too because like I'm looking at it like from a from a Boise perspective, right? Chris Peterson, I think, is undoubtedly a good coach. Totally, but he hit the jackpot with that team coming together all at the same time. And, and a part of that is being a coach. Like you put that team together. I get it. But like you had Kellen Moore, you had Titus Young, you had Austin Pettis, you had Doug Martin. Yep. Like that team, all of those guys went to the NFL. Now, did they play long in the NFL? Doug Martin was in there for a little bit. He was, it's actually, I think he led the league in rushing once or twice. Like that team, and they were loaded on the offensive and defensive line. Like that team was just perfect. Yep. For them, anyway. But it's it's. But he but he went to Washington and took Washington to their. I mean, they were winning the Pac-12. Yep. When they hadn't in a while. So I th- I think he's kind of a he is a good coach. I think if if oh, yeah. anybody, if he said he's coming out of retirement, there's forty schools that would instantly call him to upgrade their coach for him, at least. So you already mentioned uh, Nate Burleson. He's yep. on the list, obviously. Uh, had a good NFL career. Larry Fitzgerald, 23rd. Mm-hmm. Amazing seasons at Pitt. Um, from 2021, recent here, we've got Jareth Stearns on the list, 27th. Ended this past year with 1,900 yards and 17 touchdowns. <laughs> Andy Isabella um, from Massachusetts. Um, yeah, there's some, I think we can start trying to get closer to the top of the list, but yep. the guy I want to talk about, like Golden Tate, <laughs> his 2009 season at Notre Dame, my high school went to the state championship in 2009, right? They, I believe played not that year. It was what year did they play them? They played like 06, 07. They played 
against Pope John Paul II, which was in Nashville. And that's where Golden Tate went. And he absolutely was a machine. <laughs> and we the thing it was like we had Marlon Brown on our team. And Marlon was the top in the state of Tennessee. I think he was the number two receiver in the country coming out of high school. Dang. Um, I know it's different years. Obviously, this was 09. He did this in college, but like I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. He did play like he was incredible. And it makes you wonder, like, how did you go to that school? But whatever. <laughs> it's like an outlier. It's weird. Like, how did they they had to have bought you to pay you, like to pay you off to come there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I know I've gone no. off with tangents, but he's no. all, all that to say is Golden Tate had the 25th best season per game, fantasy points per game of all time. Yeah, it's legit for Notre Dame, too. It's also yeah. saying something. So before guys? we do the top 10, we got to at least mention number 11 and number 12. So number 11 is who I wanted to see where he was on the list while I was building it out. Um, Randy Moss from oh, Marshall. Um, ever. One of my favorite um, videos, um, uh, just random YouTube video to go watch once every couple of years is his um, high school basketball tapes. Um <laughs> when Jason Williams was his point guard. Um, insane, insane uh, to watch those two. But yeah, Randy Moss, and I think I mentioned this on our quarterback list. Uh, he came to my high school one time because uh, Dante Culpepper was from Vanguard High School where I went. And uh, he had a celebrity game. Edron James was there. Randy Moss came in this massive bus. And I've uh, uh, enjoyed having him on my uh, NFL fantasy teams in the past, of course. What a beast. And then number 12 was uh, Devontae Adams, obviously starring for the Packers. We don't know for how much longer, but his Fresno State right. season um, went for 131 catches, 1,700 yards, and 24 touchdowns. And I forgot to tell you Randy Moss's stats, 96 catches, 1,800 yards, and 26 touchdowns. God, like I'm looking at that. Like, how did that not beat Devontae Smith? Then you look at the, the receptions. It's all it comes down to. Like, Moss, he did all of that with 96 catches, whereas Smith did his with 117. <laughs> how many catches did that number uh, number 10 guy have there? Oh, my boy, Freddie Barnes, man, Bowling <laughs> Green, uh, 155 catches for 1,770 yards, 19 touchdowns. I had him on my – that was the first year I did all FBS, and I remember I had Freddie Barnes on my team. And people – like I remember people I was playing with, they're like, how do you know about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I play as Bowling Green in the NCAA football game a lot. Yes. They were super fun to play with. And I, When's the last time you've played that game? A couple of years ago, I put the four, two, 2014 one in. Uh, <laughs> same. A couple years ago. Same as it was then. Because the games have changed so much that it doesn't feel the same. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. But anyway. <laughs> number nine. The 15-minute loading screen in the beginning. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you hear the drum like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> oh man all right anyway number nine the Devonte smith uh 2020 season 
117 catches, 1,856 yards, 23 touchdowns. Truly unstoppable for Alabama. Um, I don't think that's any surprise. We've kind of talked about him a lot already. Um, but the one that does surprise me is the same year in 2020, Jalen Darden in number eight. Um, he only he had only nine games recorded, but he in those nine games, he averaged more points than Devontae Smith. He had 74 catches, 1,190 yards, and 19 touchdowns. Games. <laughs> Nine games like that's Nuts. that stat line if you took the games out of it just said all right he had 74 catches for almost 1200 yards and 19 touchdowns like that's a great season that <laughs> <laughs> is a great season but if you tell him oh yeah but he only did it in nine games like oh <laughs> crap yes nuts um so then number seven we already kind of talked about him a little bit michael crabtree um, 134 catches, 1,962 yards, 22 touchdowns. Truly absurd season. Yep, 30.4 fantasy points a game. I'd take that. Yeah. <laughs> so also then you move to number six, a guy a lot of people probably won't remember as far as fantasies that's ago, but like maybe if people watched college football in the mid to late 90s, Troy Edwards. For Louisiana Tech, this is where Louisiana Tech comes in. But he had 102 catches for 1,700 yards and 13 touchdowns in the 97 season. And that's not even his best season. That's what's crazy. I know, at number six. <laughs> and, and you got to realize, like, in the, in the 90s, I know there were teams that passed more than others, but it was never as pass-heavy as it's gotten in the, the late 2000s, 2010s, like these air raid offenses were just going to throw, 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 throw. Like, I'm sure they, they were more air raidy at the time, but it's nothing like it is now. Right. <laughs> I would assume. I didn't watch them. I, I, so I guess that's not fair of me to say. <laughs> but I didn't watch them. But that's. I didn't either back in the 90s. So who do, who do, who's number five? Number five, Oklahoma State's Justin Blackman. Um, 2010 season, he played 12 games, 111 catches, 1,782 yards, and 20 touchdowns through the air. One more on the ground. Uh, 30.5 points a game. He was big in my success that year in fantasy. And then we've got a couple from Nevada here at number four and then number three. So Alex Van Dyke from 1995 in the Big West Conference. 129 catches, 1,800-plus yards, and 16 more touchdowns. Hmm. Um, and then Trevor Inslee at number three for Nevada. 1999, 134 receptions, 2,000 yards receiving, and 13 touchdowns. He's the only one that's broken 2,000, right? I uh, will sort and see. You can click on the the column headers and sort it. I don't like uh, it, but it's, it's not properly doing it. That's fine, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he's the only 2,000 yard receiver. But that's still think about that 2,000 yards in a season, and he did it in 11 games. <laughs> That is absurd. <laughs> Think about that. So he had 2060, right? 
That is absurd. He averaged 187 yards a game uh, per game. That is insane. And I th- yeah, you are correct. That's the only one on this list. That's absurd. If if he his touchdowns matched his yardage like proportionally, he'd be number one on this list by far. Have you had guys like that? I remember having receivers like that. There was a guy, Damaris something from uh, Tulsa. Tulsa? (laughs) Back in the day. Yeah, I remember he had so many catches. And you look for those volume guys in fantasy, but he just ended with like two or three touchdowns, and those guys are just disappointing. I'm a sucker for – receptions targets yeah targets like i equate targets with points yep but it's not always the case and my dogs are barking again and i apologize for that but um i if i see a guy that's, that's getting seven eight nine catches a week i'm taking that guy even if he's only getting 50 yards because i eventually feel like he's gonna get in the end zone or he's gonna break one of those catches for you know, 30, 40 yards and make that 70, 80 yard total, 120, 130 yards. But I do fall into the trap of getting those guys that just catch a lot of short passes. I do too. So in my league, you know, we have a 12 team league. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways we try to make it as difficult as we can is we limit waiver pickups to three. That's all you get. You get three waiver wire pickups all year long. And you can only cut three at the end of the year. So if you make bad pickups, like if they just have one week where they get nine targets and the next week they get like two. Four. Two. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a big problem in terms mm-hmm. of making those pickups count in, in your league. And I've made that mistake. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you've got to wait a few weeks, make sure they get that consistent volume um, and make sure it's not just an anomaly. But, yeah, you go ahead and take number two. And number one, number two, Manny Hazard. We talked about a little earlier from Houston in 1989 season in 11 games, 142 receptions, 1,689 yards, and 22 touchdowns. And as great as that season is, like I'm looking at it right here thinking, like, that's absurd, right? He averaged 33.81 points per game. He is second on this list. Second on this list. And he is a full, well, almost a full six points per game behind our number one guy. And uh, I just clicked on our quarterback's post to mm-hmm. see where his quarterback ranked that season. So Andre Ware won the Heisman that year. Uh, right. He ranked 18th. Maybe Manny Hazard should have won the Heisman. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Maybe Andre Ware wasn't so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should tag him in this episode. No, not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, our number one guy who averaged 39.36 points per game, per game, Troy Edwards, who was also number six on this list, in the 90, 1998 season, Played in 12 games, had 1,996 yards. He was four yards away from being a 2,000-yard receiver, but had an absolutely ridiculous 27 receiving touchdowns. On top of that, had 227 rushing yards for three more rushing touchdowns. So a total of 30 touchdowns that season. That 
It's ridiculous. Who was his quarterback? Tim I Rattay. <laughs> I'm serious. Was it Tim Rattay? Because that's the only quarterback I can think of from that time. He's got to be on the list. I know we're cross-discussing here. We already did the quarterbacks, but it's got to be Tim Rattay. How is it not Tim Rattay? Let's see. As yep, you can, it is Tim Rattay. Yeah, this was not scripted, I promise you. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking like that had to have absurd numbers. For him to have the for that one receiver to have that kind of numbers, it had to be somebody that was like just an absolute machine as a fantasy performer. Yeah, exactly. But that's it. That's the number one guy. And that's I don't know that that season will ever be topped. That's tough. Like as good as the guys we've recently seen, like a Devontae Smith, um, even Devontae Adams, like those Stedman Bailey, that was a great season. But like you're still talking 10 points a game more for Troy Edwards that season. Can you imagine? Imagine having like a guy, that guy, Troy Edwards. Imagine you had that guy on your team, and every week he was putting up 40 points. <laughs> As a receiver, I know. What it's, do you still, do? it's still f- six points worse than the best running back of all time. But running backs typically, <laughs> typically yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the receiver time. one, I think, is it's hard to say any season's more impressive than Barry that, Sanders. But right. um, that's that's ridiculous. But both of these are totally insane. Both seasons. <laughs> Troy Edwards. Like, imagine having Troy Edwards and Barry Sanders (laughs) on your team. Because you're getting 80 points a game from those two guys, and they're not quarterbacks. That's wild, dude. (laughs) Absolute killer. So, um, next up, guys, we'll we'll be focused in on the rankings we've got some we've got we've been participating in mock drafts to start getting average draft position and getting like our pre-spring rankings done and this these things are going to be fluid y'all as you know we'll continue to adjust as news comes in and transfer portals happen stuff happens again you know people are going to be portaling here and portaling there right after the spring's over if they don't get enough spring game reps or whatever Mm -hmm. um so we'll be pushing out our rankings here really soon. Um, So we've got a list of, we're going to go next man up quarterback, running back receiver. And we'll also do our top 50 quarterbacks, running backs and receivers. Um, And then probably top 25 tight ends for the 2022 season. And then we'll conclude it with our in order top 200, which since you just uh, had your burning a red shirt podcast about Brock Bowers, where would he be on your top 200 mm-hmm. regardless of position? You're going to take him uh, second round. Oh, oh, you're talking. Round? Okay. So we, we kind of talked about it. Um, it was kind of like we had this best ball draft and Andrew grabbed him in the second round where everybody's like, Oh my God, why would you take him in the second round? Admittedly, he said he probably wouldn't take him in the second round if he were drafting for real, like today, like for his team. But on the flip side, I think Michael Mayer went third round. And I think he only went third round because Bowers went second 
And I think people were panicked and said, oh, I got to grab a tight end. Boom. Absolutely. Every rest. draft that I've been in so far, it's like that. It's Bowers, yeah. Mayer, and then the rest. No tight ends for a while. Right. So the question was if, or would you take Bowers in the second or Mayer in the third? We kind of all agreed we'd probably take Bowers in the second over yep. Mayer in the third. But if Mayer's in the fourth or even the fifth, I think we lean Mayer. Agree. But I think that what kind of limits Bowers, like at least this is, I'll just summarize kind of what Chris said. He doesn't trust the Georgia offense as a whole. Like, does he get enough targets, enough looks to to vault his value to a first, second round caliber pick? I think realistically, top two hundred. I think he's got to be top. I think he's top hundred. Oh, he's, easy, yeah. But I think, I think he's top thirty. It depends on your league, though. If if your league doesn't value tight ends, um, like you have tight ends, but you don't really like my our league, the, the dynasty league that I invited you into, it's um, t- premium scoring for tight ends because most tight ends they get so few looks that it's hard to roster a tight end. If you get three catches a game, like what do you for forty yards? We can do with that. So you so you reward the points or the yards. Um, but in a regular standard, he's just going to get the same amount of points as any other receiver. I'll say top seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, and we want to do the stats, so we'll figure it out to see. All right, how many points do you gain on your competitors? Um, so if you're one of the two guys out of 12 in your league that land with Bowers and Mayer, how many points per game better are you by that position instead of taking your running back two or your wide receiver one there in second and third round? So we'll do the date. We'll do the math and figure that one out, but that'll be a fun one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a bit of what to look forward to. And, uh, I think, you know, why not? We'll go with, uh, positional rankings next, uh, Mm. next man up maybe, but we'll see. And, uh, any closing thoughts, Zach, as we wrap this one up here? No, nothing that I can really think of. I think we covered a lot. We, we tried to keep it as short as we could just under an hour it looks like but uh, i think we did we covered what we needed to cover yeah so you guys go check it out on the website uh we've got quarterbacks we've got running backs we've got receivers now all done um so we're moving on to 2022 stuff now which is obviously exciting as uh you know you're starting to see those spring practice videos and stuff but all right Till the next time. I appreciate it, everyone. You guys have a great rest of the day. We'll see you. All right, guys. Later.